On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the huge news keeps coming. Tesla announces the unveiling date for the Model Y and offers a few details on the smaller SUV. Plus, the first V3 supercharger rolls out, complete with all the answers to the key questions, plus a key follow-up on the autopilot price and package changes from last week, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 188 for March 10th, 2019. A sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy is to my left. And uh, you will not be sleeping through this episode, I hope, because <laughs> there is a lot to cover. Uh, there is so much to cover this week. The big news just keeps on coming. Before I get started with that, I did want to first mention that uh, a thing I missed last week, and I want to thank Kai for pointing this out. Amidst all the new options and configuration packages that I went over last week, I missed one key thing that I want to make sure that I pass along so people know. The partial premium interior package includes heated front seats, but not heated rear seats. So if that's just something that factors into your decision, there's so much to go through now when you're looking at the design studio. Uh, it's a lot of information to process, so I wanted to make sure to pass that along. Thank you, Kai, for uh, correcting me on that. Now, let's get to the week's big news. You know, in the span of what will ultimately be two weeks, from Thursday, February 28th, to Thursday, March 14th, the following things will happen from Tesla. The $35,000 standard battery Model 3 launches along with some other options like the standard plus partial premium interior that I just mentioned, etc., etc. So there's that, number one. Number two, V3 supercharging. The first station rolls out and it is shown off and usable in the real world. I'm going to tell you about that later on in the podcast. And the Model Y will be unveiled. We'll know what it looks like. And many of you out there may very well have a deposit on it. So in the span of two weeks, that is, that is a crazy amount of stuff going on, even by Tesla's always crazy standards. So let's get started with the Model Y. It will be unveiled on March 14th, that's Thursday, at 8 p.m. Pacific time. So you East Coast friends uh, are in for a reasonably late night if you do want to stay up and watch it. You're up, you, you'll have to be pretty dedicated to uh, be up in the middle of the night for that. You might catch it when you, when you wake up first thing. But what's funny about this date of March 14th, it's one day earlier than what Elon told me last year, many months ago, many, many months ago, he, uh, he was answering my, or he was talking Model Y, and then I think I jumped in because he had floated uh, March 15th in a half-joking way as an Ides of March reference. And he jumped in and said, yeah, it's going to be right about there. And I'm just making that up, but right around there. And it turned out he was almost dead on with it. Now, fast forward to now, fast forward to March 2019, and Elon has offered a couple of additional details on the Model Y ahead of its March 14th unveiling. He says, quote, detailed specs and pricing will be provided at the event as well as test rides in the Y. 
Model Y being an SUV is about 10% bigger than Model 3, so it will cost about 10% more and have slightly less range for the same battery, end quote. So, uh, I know that a $40,000 base price is a little more than 10% higher than the Model 3's $35,000 base price, but I still think it's going to be right about there. Maybe $39 to make it look a little more affordable, just a, a number that starts with a 3 rather than a 4. But uh, yeah, I would, I would suspect that right just under the $40,000 mark is where this thing is probably going to start. Now, I wonder how long it will take to get the standard battery available in the Model Y. There, there will be a production curve, as, as always, and they will likely, as they have always done, start at the top end. But um, I want to talk about range for a minute, because, Elon, they're mentioning slightly less range in the same battery. So uh, and what I want to say about that is, is, and I'll be proven right or wrong very quickly on this this week, but I actually don't think there will be a standard battery in the Y, at least not the same one that's in the Model 3, because a uh, standard range Model Y would be about a 200-mile range car if it's the same battery pack. You know, it's using 75% of the same parts as the Model 3, which is likely to include the entire battery pack itself. I, I seriously doubt the pack will be one of the modified things, because that would just, if, if they can use the same exact pack, it's just going to ease production in a big, big way, at least the efficiency of it. So, um, you know, last week, as you'll recall, and I've seen some other people jump on this idea, it's not the most original idea, but, you know, I talked last week that I, I, I speculated, but I, I feel really confident in the speculation that I gave last week that the the standard pack in the Model 3 is actually a software-locked standard plus, and so I suspect that the Model Y's standard pack will be the 3's standard plus. So what's 240 miles on the 3, I think would then likely be about 215 to 220 miles at the bottom end of the Model Y product line. I would expect the very same motors, the very same inverters, as well as the same battery packs. So if all that bears out, as again, there's, there's about three, uh, a three in four chance that that is the case, given the, the number that Tesla gave us about, the, you know, about, the, about 75, 76% parts sharing between the two cars, uh, that means I, I would suspect a... 3.5 to 3.7 second zero to 60 time on the performance Model Y with probably a 275 to 280 mile range. But as is seemingly the case with the Model 3, I would imagine that the long range non-performance battery will probably be what's most popular in the Model Y because it'll be kind of the best bang for the buck, really, the most range at the, at the best cost to the customer. So in the Model 3, that is now a 325-mile range car in Model 3 form. So my suspicion is Tesla will find a way, some way, somehow, to get that same battery to a 300 EPA-mile rated battery 
in the Model Y because just that that number three, that number 300 is such a magic number that I think Tesla will will uh, do anything they can, pull any little tricks they can to try and make sure that the the, the Model Y does have a 300-mile range option and not a 280 or 290 at the top end. Now, another thing we learned from Elon this week, ahead of the reveal of the Y, is that it will, in fact, have normal doors. No Falcon Wings. Elon was responding to our very own Silicon Valley Tesla Owners Club account and said, yes when asked if it will look close to the Model 3, including normal doors. So now that forever puts the will it have Falcon Wing doors question to rest. Now, I, I had always wondered, I had, uh, I've had i said before in more recent times that I didn't think it would, but way back in 2016, 2016, Elon did tweet that it would have Falcon Wing doors, but that tweet was not only later deleted, it was also made before the, really before the, the Model X's nightmarish production ramp had been smoothed out. So I am not at all surprised that the Model Y will not have Falcon Wing doors. And I, and I think that will probably make everybody, if, if not happy, I mean, I know there are plenty of Falcon Wing door fans out there. I count myself as one of them, but it's... Um, not everyone likes the Falcon wing doors. There are, there are people that have a bit of a, of a, uh, uh, if not an adversarial relationship with them, maybe a, a love hate relationship with them. I, I've spoken to plenty of those people. So, um, you won't make anyone mad by not having the Falcon wing doors, but you might also disappoint some people who love them and make some people happy that that do have the love-hate relationship with them. Now, the other, I thought, interesting thing about Elon's Twitter chatter this week as it pertained to the Model Y is, unprompted, Elon mentioned to someone, personally, I'm most excited by the Tesla truck. Maybe it will be too futuristic for most people, but I love it, end quote. Now, he was not asked about the truck, he just sort of volunteered that. And so I don't want to read too much into it, but whereas the, the Model 3 was, was really pretty forward-thinking when it was unveiled from a design perspective, the fact that he would even comment on the Y's styling prior to its reveal uh, to say that it, it looks like the 3 and has normal doors and he's most excited about the pickup truck and not the product he's about to unveil tells me that you should probably have pretty modest expectations about the Model Y's looks in the in the sort of forward-thinking, you know, design-pushing uh, sign of side of things, I should say. So I, I just don't. I, with everything he said there, I wouldn't expect anything too flashy, anything too crazy. This thing may very well just be a slightly stretched, slightly raised Model 3 shape and front end, but likely, probably, with a hatchback on it, which uh, which a lot of people want out of the Model 3. And Elon did also uh, take that time as well to reiterate that the pickup truck reveal will be later this year. So uh, I would 
absolutely not expect the Y to make a surprise appearance or pardon me, the pickup truck. I wouldn't expect the pickup truck to make a surprise appearance at the Y event. Maybe, now you might say, oh, well, maybe Elon's just trying to throw everybody off the scent and they will roll the, the pickup out. It's possible. I doubt it. Uh, because again, with with the Semi and the Roadster, Tesla could handle taking reservations for both of those at the same time because they're both low production vehicles. Uh, the pickup truck and the Y are expected to be both very, very high production vehicles. So therefore, they're both probably going to get hundreds of thousands of reservations each. And I really doubt Tesla would uh, open the reservation floodgates on both of those vehicles at the same time. I also want to point out for you as well, if you want to go take a look, there is now a Model Y page on the Tesla.com website, Tesla.com slash Model Y, which of course looks like Model E <laughs> when you're just looking at the URL. And that page has nothing for now except a teaser silhouette image on there, which may or may not be the same image that uh, was was released a while back. The head, there's an outline of headlights that appear to be almost identical to the Model 3 headlights. Uh, but what I what I found fun about that Model Y teaser page, actually, it's not that page. It's now, what's fun about the Tesla homepage is that uh, Tesla put the cars in the correct order when it comes to, if you, if you look at the very, very top of the page, what we call the skyline of the model, of the Tesla homepage, you know, it's got the, the navigation bars. So it says, you know, it's, it's, lists all the models at the very top. And if you click on any of those, it'll take you to that vehicle's webpage. And Tesla has them in the correct order because at, in that navigation bar at the top of their homepage, it goes Model S, Model 3, Model X, Model Y, and Roadster. So yes, it goes sexier is, what, is how it's arranged at the top of the Tesla homepage, which I thought was... Uh, Awesome and and fitting for Tesla. So my goodness, uh, you know, I had a we had a huge podcast last week. So there was so much to go over. I got a big show this week and a huge show looming next week. Actually, on that note, I wanted to uh, particularly this this is for the Patreon friends that like to utilize the early access to the podcast that the the Patreon uh, support provides you. I might not have the show done on my usual. Friday late night uh, time next week because my plan, I, I have to say this, I have to caveat this, if I get invited to the Model Y event, which I expect to because of the referral program, I should have it just coming as, as a referral prize, the invites are supposed to go out tomorrow, Saturday, uh, as, as I record this here on late Friday night, but if I am indeed able to go to the event... Uh, my plan, I'm going to be driving, I'm going to be taking my car, uh, just driving down for free on the superchargers and driving back. And so it's going to be just a crazy night on Thursday. And then I've got to drive home and then I've got to get the show. There's going to be so much to put together. A lot of sound clips from Elon's presentation, maybe some interviews with just, just people in attendance there that are maybe reserving it, that get the test rides. If you heard, if you've been with me for a while, or if, if not, you can go check out episode 35. That was the episode that I did, that I 
pulled together from when I got to go to the Model 3 unveiling. Uh, so that's that's kind of my general plan. I want to do that s similar type of thing, although I won't be camping out overnight in line for a reservation uh, this time for Model Y because I'm quite happy with my <laughs> Model 3 and don't have uh, room in my budget or my garage for a Model Y. Uh, but I do, de I definitely want to do some, some, you know, man on the scene stuff from the event, should I have the good fortune to go. And, and you know, I want to put together a really nice podcast for you next week. And, and just given the fact that it's on a third, it's on late Thursday night, and then I'm traveling back home Friday, I just might not be able to get the show out to the Patreon folks till Saturday, but it will, I, I promise you, it will, it will be there for all of you at its usual Sunday morning time of 9 a.m. Eastern. Sorry, that was, uh, I could have said that a lot more quickly. I just, uh, just wasted some of your time on that. I apologize. But, uh, although that does bring up one good quick point about reservations, the uh, the stores are largely closing down. So I wonder if there, even if in the stores that are left, if Tesla will accept reservations in the stores, and if they do, I they haven't said, but I suspect it won't. It'll it probably won't be any earlier than when they take them online which is how, you know, of course, how it was with the Model 3. The stores got the reservations first, and then they went online later that night uh, at the uh, during the unveiling. So I suspect that the reservations for the Model Y will open quite possibly either at 8 p.m. Pacific on March 14th or as soon as the event is over, uh, whether that's 8.30 or, or 9 p.m., whatever, whatever the case may be. So have your, if you are interested in reserving a Model Y, have your uh, web browser ready to go on probably your phone, your tablet, your desktop. Have all your devices ready to be refreshing uh, and, and expect the servers to get hammered. Uh, try to be patient. I mean, it's such a, you know, you want to get your reservation in, but it, it's, you know, it could very well be bumpy because, again, the Model Y could very well get more reservations than the Model 3 did because America loves SUVs, and compared to three years ago when the Model 3 was unveiled, Tesla itself has so much more exponentially more mindshare and just societal awareness now, and the Model 3 exists, and people see them, and people love them, so there, there, is, a, there is a very, very good chance that the Model Y could see uh, reservation numbers that, that easily surpass the Model 3 uh, numbers, and that means those servers could probably very well get hammered on Thursday night. All right, so that's the Model Y. But we weren't done yet with big news for this week. Supercharger V3 has arrived in beta form. So there was an event in Fremont earlier this week. There is a little, I mean, it's not hidden anymore, thanks to the internet, but kind of a little secret test site that has four stalls, four V3 superchargers. You have to be invited to, to be able to access it, you know, to be able to hook it up to your car. And Tesla is inviting people in the early access program. That's uh, Those are the people getting the priority right now. So the site is near the Fremont factory, but not right at it. So let me tell you about it, because uh, it's pretty darn impressive. It gets a 1,000 mile per hour peak charge rate. 
if you happen to roll up to a V3 supercharger with a near empty battery. It will peak at 250 kilowatts. That is double what it peaks at now um, in practice, not in principle. But yeah, I mean, the, you basically hit it. You can hit 125 in a Model 3 now, 125 kilowatts, and now you'll be able to get to 250. So Tesla themselves posted a video of a, of a nearly depleted Model 3 uh, battery, a car with a nearly empty battery. It had less than 20 miles of range remaining, and they uh, filmed the screen when the car was plugged in, and it was basically, it was going to charge from that near zero state up to 80% charge in 27 minutes. So effectively, you know, if not zero to 80, five to 80 in 27 minutes. Tesla saying, quote, V3 is a completely new architecture for supercharging, a new one megawatt power cabinet with a similar design to our utility scale products supports peak rates of up to 250 kilowatts per car. At this rate, a Model 3 long range operating at peak efficiency can recover up to 75 miles of charge in five minutes and, at char and charge at rates of up to 1,000 miles per hour, end quote. All right, the big keys to this, as, as I was going through everything, number one, this is big, no more power sharing, no more stall sharing with the, with the power. So at a V3 supercharger, somebody can be parked next to you, you can have every spot filled, and everybody will still get the maximum power, the maximum rate of charge. No more sharing on an A or a B stall. That is over with, uh, with regard to version 3 of the supercharger. So that alone is huge. It's huge, especially as the fleet continues to grow. On my road trip to Arizona and back over the, the holidays there, I was able to get my own stall, like, you know, with uh, an A with, with, with a B empty, you know, not having to share, maybe half the stops. And, you know, that's, that is only going to get tougher to do as the fleet gets bigger, which it does every day, every week, every month, and certainly every year. So, you know, not having to worry about somebody parked next to you at a supercharger is just tremendous. Now, the next big thing of this, item number two, the second big key is on-route battery warm-up. Tesla saying, quote, Beginning this week, Tesla is rolling out a new feature called on-route battery warm-up. Now, whenever you navigate to a supercharger station, your vehicle will intelligently heat the battery to ensure you arrive at the optimal temperature to charge, reducing average charge times for owners by 25%. Additionally, we are also unlocking 145 kilowatt charge rates for our 12,000 plus V2 superchargers over the coming weeks. So the good news is that every charger will be getting at least some kind of upgrade. You know, that 145 kilowatt, that, hey, that's a nice bump over the 125 kilowatts the Model 3 can pull down from the existing superchargers now, it's about 16%. It's pretty good. And when combined then with that 
on route battery warm up, Tesla estimates that just those two things alone, so on a V2 supercharger with the 145 kilowatt charge rate and the on route battery warm up, Tesla estimates that those two things will bump charge rates by about 25%. If you add in the V3 supercharging, Tesla estimates a 50% overall charging time reduction. Quote, we anticipate the typical charging time at a V3 supercharger will drop to around 15 minutes. Not drop by 15 minutes, drop to a total of 15 minutes. Okay, big key number three. This is, this is a big one. This is not going to make people happy. Model 3 will be the only car to be able to take full advantage of V3 supercharging. Tesla, quote, we will increase Model S and X charging speeds via software updates in the coming months. V3 supercharging will roll out to the wider fleet in an over-the-air firmware update to all owners in Q2 as more V3 superchargers come online. Our first non-beta V3 supercharger site will break ground next month, meaning April, with North American sites ramping in Q2 and Q3 before coming to Europe and Asia Pacific in Q4. So here's another key buried in this existing stations. So the chargers that you know now, the superchargers that you now know will not be retrofitted due to the expense of doing so and the downtime required to do so. They basically have to tear the whole things out and start over again. And thus, we don't know yet how many of these we'll see, let's say this year, you know, in 2019, nor do we know where they are going to be located. Those are huge key questions that have yet to be answered with regard to these three supercharging. Now, for those of you who are S and X owners who are, you're reeling right now because you're like, wait, what did you just say? The S and the X uh, seem to be limited by their battery architecture, which, uh, so again, the S and the X will not be able to charge at the full 250 kilowatt rate. They are not able to do that. They will max out at 145 kilowatts following a software update uh, that will be aided by the on-route battery warm-up. So you, there is an improvement coming for SNX, but not the full capacity, of uh, the full capability of V3 superchargers. And again, I this to me, it has to point to a full Model S and Model X redesign that's got to be coming sooner rather than later, which is, you know, exactly what I predicted in my New Year's Eve show where I thought, okay, this is <laughs> this is going to be the year where the S and the X get the ground up redesign with the new battery art, you know, with the 2170 battery cells or maybe something newer and better. Uh, and they, they'll get, you know, better tech in the interiors. They'll get 17-inch uh, landscape touchscreen dashboards to match the the orientation, the, the landscape orientation that the Model 3 uses. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, it because it it simply makes no sense to leave to leave the top end cars in the fleet languishing and, and unable to take advantage of this. It it really doesn't make sense. Although uh, one final point on the subject of the top end cars, though, I couldn't help but think about the Roadster. 
V3 supercharging will be a huge benefit to the Roadster, uh, more so than the other cars in the sense of the Roadster's got that ginormous 200 kilowatt hour battery pack rated for 620 miles. So that means that if you're road tripping in a Roadster, you're going and you, you know, you, you bring that battery down pretty far and come up to a V3 supercharger, you're going to be able to sustain a pretty high charge rate on the V3 superchargers for quite a while, I imagine. You know, maybe in the Roadster, it's just under an hour to go from zero to 80. If, if uh, you know, if the Model 3 long range is going from zero to 80 in about 27 minutes. So that is V3 supercharging. There is a lot to it. Uh, the, again, there's just one four-stall beta site right now that you have to be invited to use. Uh, James from the Bay Area, hope he doesn't mind me mentioning, got invited. He he sent me a note about that, so I'm eager to hear from him. Now, fortunately, a friend of the show, a fellow Silicon Valley uh, Tesla owners group member, Raj, a.k.a. Tesla Raj, he, uh, he got to go to the grand opening, the, the unveiling of the V3 superchargers this past Wednesday night, and he kindly called in with his impressions. Now, I want to just warn you, you know, normally calls are a minute, minute and a half, and that's where I, I love it if you if you keep your call to that length. But Raj had a, you know, I asked him specifically to, to talk all about this. This is almost a six-minute call, but Raj does a really good job of keeping it moving and keeping moving from point to point. So uh, I'm going to play Raj's impressions here from the event on Wednesday night, he got to experience this V3 supercharging firsthand. And uh, you'll hear that he mentions a couple of little details about the cable and the cooling system that I didn't mention there. So uh, without further ado, here is Raj to talk about his experience using V3 supercharging. And then after uh, after his call, I'll come back and we'll uh, the next topic we'll talk about is following up on the autopilot and full self-driving might even be fair enough to call it a fiasco at this point. It is, it is turned into a big, a big messy mess for Tesla. But first here's Raj on V3 supercharging. Hey Ryan, this is Raj, uh, otherwise known as Tesla Raj. Um, wanted to give you a call. I was actually able to make it to the supercharger V3 event, uh, tonight and I uh, just wanted to give you kind of a first-hand experience of uh, what I thought what I saw what I experienced um, first thing is, is that man the v3 charger looks identical to the v2 charger um, everything from the the light-up Tesla logo at the top to the size the structure um, the back the front everything um, the only really way to physically tell the difference is the thickness of the cable uh, so the cable is I would say uh, maybe 25% um, less thick than the uh, version 2 cable. Um, so that's kind of nice. It helps with, uh, you know, actually moving it and the weight of the cable is lighter. Um, so just kind of, you know, finagling the cable is, is nice and easy. Um, what the uh, what we were told was that the it is liquid cooled now. Um, and so the cable still got a little warm when it was being used, but I, mean, I think that's pretty a standard there when you're dealing with high voltage. Um, 
And then as far as, uh, you know, kind of what we, what we saw, obviously you've seen kind of everywhere, uh, you know, the max output was the thousand miles per hour, 250 kilowatts, which just sounds, uh, bonkers. And, and just, I was quite shocked and floored to see those kind of numbers come out. Uh, some of the stuff we're being told, uh, was that, um, these, these version three superchargers are not going to be replacing version two superchargers. Uh, these will be new superchargers. Um, and I'm guessing that has something to do with probably the newer infrastructure that it needs. Um, I, I, there was no talk about, you know, kind of where these are going to be placed, but I would imagine that these are going to be placed on really, uh, remote kind of areas that are used for travel. Uh, I would think that these would probably not be safe to be charging your car with on a daily basis and, and used for more for road tripping. Um, uh, <clears throat> now, regarding the charging uh, rates, so we were able to see physically two or three cars uh, get that 1,000 miles per hour, hit the 230 to 250 uh, kilowatt. Um, but as far as how things slow down, this is where it kind of got a little not really it, it wasn't exactly measurable right so we saw different results so the car that i was in um it, it had 90 miles uh, left on the battery uh, we came in and we plugged in and, and i saw maybe maxing out at about 600 um, so that was kind of weird i thought there might be something wrong with the charger that we were at um, but then I did see one that had 83 miles left on the battery and was charging at 990 miles per hour. Uh, there was another one that I saw at 93 miles uh, left on the battery, charging at 727 miles uh, per hour. And then, of course, there was one at 27 miles left on the battery, charging at 1,000 miles per hour. So it did seem like there was a real magic number as far as what we would see uh <clears throat> how the charging rate actually declines uh, and how it tapers towards as you fill up. But just looking at what I saw, it seems to be uh, somewhere around, uh, you know, 50%. You're going to be getting definitely uh, over uh, anything from the max of 1,000 uh, to the, the least about uh, – you know, 600 to 700. Uh, I think this is kind of part of the reason why these are still beta. Uh, maybe they're still ironing out some of these kinks, and that's probably why they also did not release any information to that uh, as far as um, the blog that Tesla posted. Uh, so I, I think a lot, of, a lot of good stuff to see here. I think it's really exciting to see that the, the capability of getting in and getting a significant, like you're talking about charging your car in about 30 minutes. Um, so, so some of the estimated um, uh, time remainings that we saw for uh, some of the lower mile cars um, was coming in at about 30, 35 minutes uh, to charge up your car. Uh, and that's and that would probably include the taper as well. Uh, I did not see any S or, or Model Xs over there. Uh, this was merely just all Model 3s that were there. Um, it seemed like the invite list was very, very random uh, as far as who they sent it out to. Uh, I was just so lucky to be uh, invited along as a plus one to a gentleman who came all the way from Sacramento, uh, a diehard Tesla fan, uh, that happened to uh, get the invite this morning, made the trek out there. Um, but 
uh, yeah, overall, it was, it was a good event. Everyone was really excited and happy. There was a lot of applause for, you know, as the Chargers hit a 1,000, cheering it on as it as the numbers climbed. And, and so overall, really exciting to see uh, Tesla accomplish this feat. Um, and I think, you know, you and I and, and the rest of the listeners will all agree that the supercharging network is probably the most important part of what Tesla is doing and what makes them so successful and so far ahead of the pack. And now to make that charging speed even faster uh, is just really exciting to see. So uh, anyway, hopefully that information was was helpful to you and the rest of the listeners. Uh, love everything you do. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks, Ryan. Raj, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to call in with those detailed firsthand impressions. I cannot wait to charge that V3 supercharging on my own car to give that a go. All right, the big follow-up from last week. I heard, I'll tell you, I've heard from a lot of people on this and really nobody's happy. Um, I, I'm not even that happy either. Uh, you know, I, I jumped in and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to jump on this $3,000 full self-driving before it goes back up to 4000 And then it went down to two, and allegedly I'll maybe be getting a $1,000 refund on that because I had just done it, but... I don't know. It's so who it's and it's it's a lot messier for other people. So Tesla put up a blog very very late at night last weekend and it said this, quote, "All customers who bought a Tesla before the price decrease will be able to buy the autopilot or full self-driving capability for half of what those features would normally cost after initial purchase. Any customer who bought a Tesla prior to the price adjustment We'll be able to upgrade to autopilot for $2,000. Now, remember, that's the new autopilot suite where it's just those core autopilot functions. No summon, no auto park, no navigate on autopilot. Or full self-driving capability for an additional $3,000, which again, that now means that's all those things I just said are in the full self-driving package. And they note those who previously purchased enhanced autopilot and want to upgrade to full self-driving capability, only pay $2,000. In other words, for a customer who previously hadn't purchased autopilot plus full self-driving, they will soon be able to do so for $6,000 less than before. Customers who previously purchased full self-driving will receive an invitation to Tesla's early access program. EAP members are invited to experience and provide feedback on new features and functionality before they're rolled out to other customers. Beginning next month, any existing customer who wants to upgrade to autopilot or full self-driving capability will be able to do so with a one-click payment. Well, the early access thing, um, you know, I actually haven't spoken, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, I haven't spoken to Michael from Milbray uh, he, he did the whole thing. He spent the $8,000 with his model three that he, he had owner priority on. So he's had the car for, uh, a, actually, I guess a, he's about a year now. And he so he did the $5,000 enhanced autopilot. He did the $3,000 full self-driving. And of course he had, he's got the, some of those functions, but none of the full self-driving things that were part of the package when he bought it. And, and now he doesn't get any money back, but he gets an invitation to early access, which in the face of 
people getting now this full suite for a lot less than $8,000, you know, it, it's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I don't blame them. It almost feels like, <laughs> I'll tell you, at my, one of my, actually, it's probably my personal favorite holiday movie. My favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And some of you may be rolling your eyes right now. Some of you might be right there with me. But there's a scene near the end of the film where, you know, Clark Griswold is, he, he, well, he's, he's counting on this holiday bonus from his company so he can put a pool in to, you know, for the family to use. He's such a family guy. And he ends up getting, you know, nothing comes, nothing comes. Finally, the delivery guy brings him a letter and it's, a one-year subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club, and it, and it drives him nuts. And he's like, "What is? It? I, I I wonder if a lot if some people are feeling like they just got the one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club with this whole full self-driving autopilot thing. I mean, this this is all messy. It's very messy. I there I don't see how there's really any way Tesla is going to be able to please everybody on this. Uh, not without spending a lot of money, which Elon had already put his foot down. I think I told you the tweet last week. He said that that's not going to happen. Again, I got a number of calls about this. I don't have time to play them all. But if you called in, rest assured, I heard you. And I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. And in fact, I, I'm going to play one call because I think it sums up the feelings a lot of people had very well. Austin from Sacramento and uh, you know what? I'll just I'll let Austin do the talking here, and then uh, and then we'll talk a little bit. Austin, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. It's Austin from Sacramento. I wanted to get your thoughts specifically on the recent price drops of full self driving for uh, existing owners who can now add it for three thousand dollars versus those who've already purchased it. Um, I understand that the price of the car has gone down, and that's always been communicated that the Model 3 will get cheaper. But what has been miscommunicated is Tesla's promise of pre-ordering or ordering full self-driving earlier, you'd get a better deal. And I actually have multiple emails going back and forth with Tesla when I was deciding to purchase full self-driving. And when I called my Cord Madera store, they specifically advised me uh, full self-driving price will go up and that you should purchase it now for uh, $5,000. I bought it after time of purchase. Um, I want to get your thoughts and feelings on this. I feel uh, quite a bit misled by Tesla being specifically advised that the price would not go up. I'm excited to see that it's being offered to everyone now cheaper, um, but the existing customers who've already pre-ordered full self-driving uh, are just kind of missing out uh, and getting a raw deal here. Um, again, this is something that everyone is just pre-ordering. It's not like I'm experiencing that feature in a car already. Uh, and it just seems odd that everyone's getting different prices on something and a feature that's not yet delivered. Uh, appreciate the show each week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the call, Austin. And I agree with you. I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that the full self-driving package still is and always has been a pre-order. Yes, they've redefined it now so that it's not, but fundamentally it is. It would be one thing if it was enhanced autopilot, you know, those features that we've been using for months. There's value that's been realized there by people that had already paid for it. I'm one of them. I, I've, I use enhanced autopilot features every day, and I love it. But that is precisely where Tesla has now 
burned the very people who believed in them the most on this. And I'm not saying they did it maliciously at all. They, they absolutely did not. There's no way. The people that in good faith and because the design studio clearly stated that full self-driving would cost more later, went ahead and ordered it, and it still isn't out yet, and they'll have to, they're, they're going to end up having to pay more than somebody who didn't put down the show of good faith by ordering it up front. You know, uh, I just, like I said, I don't think it's malicious. I think maybe Tesla didn't properly think this through since by, by the reports uh, that, that have been out there about the Tesla store employees being caught off guard by the store closures. It feels like, again, I, I, this is speculation. It's, I, I try to be a reporters and, and get things factually accurate. So I want to emphasize, I am not, what I'm about to say is not a fact, but it is, it is speculation based on what I've been reading, which, you know, may or may not be accurate, but it feels like, uh, all this was done at the last minute. Like this was just not all thought through properly. I don't know, but I do agree that Tesla should do something more to take care of the people who'd already committed their money to this and personally, everybody's opinion may differ on this. I don't think the admission to the early access program really goes far enough on this. Again, others may disagree. The, the, the fact of the matter is this is simply not a topic where everyone is going to agree, no matter how you feel about it. You know, whether, whether you feel there are going to be people that do feel wronged that don't agree on how it should be righted. And there are going to be people that are fine with it that, that, you know, don't agree that it's, that anything else needs to be done. It's, it's a tough spot and this is self-inflicted. Tesla put themselves in this position and it's unfortunate because, you know, it's sort of overshadowed in the community a little bit. What was otherwise, again, I talked about it last week, just a, a tremendous achievement of achieving the $35,000 price objective and having that standard range Model 3 out there. It's a wonderful thing. So we'll see how all this shakes out. You know, if, if, if Tesla will take any further action on this or not. But uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that there's something else that's good that will come, you know, that will come from Tesla to those of you who, who put in your money and your faith in the company. But we'll see. It's, it's been a, a, I got so many calls this week. It was, a, it was a very busy week. I heard from you guys. I saw so much Twitter conversation about it and a lot of chatter on Reddit and, and the Tesla community. This, it's a hot topic. This, uh, this is, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate we, that, that, that it is this, that it's, <laughs> it's messy, but it is, you know, Tesla's not perfect. They make mistakes. We've seen it, but it's, it's how they react to it. It's how they learn from it. And that's how I've always said, I, I tend to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt because they do tend to do the right thing. Uh, even if they, make a mistake first. So we'll see. A couple of other things this week before we move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Elon Musk with a sort of an odd kind of, I don't know, I was semi-confused by this, this update that he gave about Model 3 standard battery production. He said, quote, a gap in understanding is that the $35,000 Model 3 production starts this month, 
but will not reach volume production until mid-year. It's extremely difficult to predict middle, the middle part of the manufacturing S-curve. So the reason I'm confused here, maybe I'm just missing something, but it, it had said two to four week delivery when you go to configure and order a, uh, a, a standard battery Model 3. That has since now, that estimate has gotten longer. So it was, I guess they just maybe had a first batch and if you didn't get on that, get in on that, you might be cutting it a little, little close for the end of Q2, which is, which is the end of another tax credit threshold. You know, that's the last chance. The end of Q2 is the last chance to get the $3,750 half tax credit before uh, it drops to the $1,875 quarter credit uh, from July 1st to December 31st. But Again, if, I, if I'm missing something here, feel free to just drop me a line, set me straight. But uh, that was a, an interesting little update from Elon on standard battery production. Less confusing, though, is a definitive price drop on the bioweapon defense mode upgrade for S and X. Thank you to the Tesla Motors Reddit for the heads up on this. If you've got an S or an X without the bioweapon defense mode and your car is uh, able to utilize it, which I believe is... I think it's from, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's all of them. I think it might be from the nose cone refresh in March of 2016 onward. Don't quote me on that. And the the shop.tesla.com site didn't specify. So, you know, definitely just check into it before ordering if you're curious. But uh, that what bioweapon defense mode filter upgrade is now just $500, which is down from the $750 that it was. So I just thought I would pass that along. Again, shop.tesla.com if you're interested in that. A couple more stories this week. If you visit California or you live here and you think, wow, there are a lot of Teslas here, uh, it doesn't just seem that way. It's actually true. Check out this new data I wanted to share with you as reported by the San Francisco Chronicle. They say, quote, California saw 92,447 new elect all-electric cars registered in 2018, an 81% rise from the year before, according to figures released by the California New Car Dealers Association. Tesla's Model 3, the cheapest car in its line of electric vehicles, was the driving force, accounting for about 51,300 new registrations in California. That's more than the total number of new electric car registrations in 2017, according to the report. So that's all great news. That's great to hear. And this year, 2019, should be even better since the Model 3 will be at volume production for 12 months of 2019 instead of just six. And then it should continue to push that number higher for at least the next few years, as not only will Model 3 production continue to ramp up a bit, but Model Y production is likely to begin at least to some degree next year. And then that car, the Y, will ramp to volume production. And then the pickup truck sometime after that is going to be a volume production mass-produced vehicle as well. So I tell you, you know, I, I admit, hey, I admit, it's kind of cool being one of the one of just a few people with a particular car. I got to live that with my DeLorean when I had that, even though, to be 
very honest, very clear. That wasn't why I bought it. I didn't buy it to be the only kid on the block with a DeLorean. I bought it because I truly loved the car and what it was and what it stood for and what it tried to do. Same way I feel about Tesla. But uh, I bring that up because I'll bet a lot of you out there that aren't in California, you probably do get to enjoy that rock star status with your Tesla where you live. But, uh, you know, I can't complain too much. It's nice... It's nice to be in a sea of Model 3s here in the Bay Area because that means that more and more people are switching to Teslas and thus switching to EVs. It's a good thing. And also I get to wave to other Model 3 owners. Although fewer fewer and fewer owners are waving back these days. I don't know if the, the, the luster has worn off, you know, the shine is off the diamond, the people are just used to the car and... And uh, they're they're <laughs> just doing their their daily life now, and and not uh, quite as fired up about it anymore. But I'm gonna keep waving. I promise you. Finally, this week, Brian from New Jersey, thank you, Brian, sends word that there has been a refinement made to the Model Three roof rack. And if you happen to have already bought one, you will be proactively taken care of. Here is the letter that Brian forwarded me from Tesla. Quote. While the new Model 3 roof roof rack has been well-received, we have received some feedback that certain clips may not meet Tesla's quality standards and could break. As an identified Model 3 roof rack owner, we are shipping to you upgraded roof rack mounting clips. This package will include four new clips and instructions. Please install these new clips and return your old ones with the provided return envelope. The new clips can be identified by their silver color. The old clips are black. We are confident that you will love your new and improved roof rack just as much as Model 3, end quote. So if you did already buy one of these, be checking your mailbox, both the email variety and the physical variety. And again, thank you, Brian, for the forward on that, the heads up. And one other tiny thing before I move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline this week, the latest software update, I have not received it. I know a lot of people are still hanging back on uh, 50.6 for Model 3 folks. Uh, you know, the, the Sentry Mode, all the, the power up, there's just, there is a mega update looming and it is going to be, that's going to be like a, like a birthday present. That's going to be like unwrapping a gift. Oh, Sentry Mode. Oh, uh... Well, what, which is what I'm about to say, which is adding the ability to summon your Model 3 via the key fob. If you bought one of the optional key fob, you get, you're getting that functionality of summon added to that key fob. You got that, you got the, the power boost, all kinds of stuff in this next update coming up. The, the range boost on Model 3 long range. It's going to be a big, big, very big, very, very good update. Well, that's the end of another super busy week of Tesla news. Please stay tuned right after this short little musical interlude because I've got plenty of excellent calls lined up from all of you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Before I get started with the Ride the Lightning hotline, I wanted to quickly mention that the March... Patreon bonus episode is up. If you're with me at uh, certain tiers on Patreon, I do the extra episode every month. That's where all the all the excellent extra Ride the Lightning hotline calls go that I don't have the time to get to during the weekly shows. 
So the topics covered on that include Powerwall ideas, Yelp reviews, European impressions of Model 3 versus the Kona versus the I-Pace, Tesla fan nicknames, traffic adaptive cruise control, uh, preconditioning a Model 3 cabin, J1772 chargers, suspension wear and tear, plus a few extra pro tips that I've just not been able to fit in on the regular weekly show. And the callers on that are Brenton from Melbourne, Rich in Seattle, Matt in San Diego, Yost from the Netherlands, Daniel from Seattle, Joe from New York, Gary from Chicago, Kent from Denmark, Kevin Brian from Pennsylvania, Andy in Columbus, Tyler from Toronto, and Rod from West Hill. Uh, all of you, if, if any of you guys that I just mentioned are not uh, Patreon backers of me, I, since your call is in there, I'm happy to give you a private download, download link for that Patreon episode so you can hear yourself on there. Uh, but anyway, thanks to all the Patreon contributors who, uh, who help you know, keep this show going, and I hope you enjoy your extra bonus episode. Now, let's get to this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline, brought to you, of course, by lifeonrecord.com. There are two easy ways to participate in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, and uh, with the Model Y reveal coming up, I'm guessing a lot of you will want to call in to give your thoughts on it. And plus the V3 supercharging stuff, uh, there's, there's a lot of ground to cover. Again, please try to keep your calls to 90 seconds or less, one and a half minutes or less. Please, that helps uh, me get to more calls each week, helps keep the show moving. So call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record something, and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call anytime, day or night, and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And thanks to lifeonrecord.com for providing that. Let's kick it off with Nick in Toronto. And Nick uh, comments on the timing of the $35,000 Model 3. Go ahead, Nick. Hi, Ryan, this is Nick from Toronto. I just had a comment about the timing of the recent announcement of the $35,000 Model 3. I know a lot of people were thinking they would put this off for a while, myself included, just so that they could continue selling the higher profit margin cars and continuing to turn a profit quarter over quarter. Uh, I think they really needed to do this now, though. Um, because if they continue with unveiling new products or wanting to talk about their future product line, the negative press they would get for not having delivered on a promise from the Model 3 reveal from three years ago would have been overwhelmingly negative. I can already read some of the headlines now. So hopefully this opens up the door to the Model Y being revealed very soon. And uh, so keep up the great work on the podcast. Thanks a lot. A very prescient call here, Nick. Now, you should know, Nick sent this before Sunday's Model Y announcement. And indeed, you're right, Nick. A Model Y unveiling, while the $35,000 Model 3 was still MIA, would have absolutely been held over Tesla's head like a dark cloud. Of course, as we've seen over the last week or so, the Fudsters and the Shorts and the Naysayers, yeah, they find other narratives anyway, like, oh, they're offering a $35,000 version. There must be no demand. But anyway, you, you, you probably notice, uh, maybe you don't. And if you don't, it's actually not bad at all. It's, uh, it's on purpose. 
I don't cover most of that stuff because it's just not worth the time of day. I'm about positivity and enthusiasm here and sharing those things with all of you guys because there's enough skepticism and negativity in in our regular daily lives. I want this podcast. This is a this is a community of people who all have a shared interest and I would rather err on the side of positivity. Yeah, do I try to be objective and factual and call things out as need be? Sure, but yes, I I prefer to stay enthusiastic and po- I mean it's sort of my general life philosophy. I I try, but especially with this podcast. Anyway, uh Nick uh, one last thing, Nick. Do you have any lottery numbers that you can uh, give me for, for this weekend, since you're good at predicting things? Uh, Rob from Washington is up next and wanted to ask about, uh, ultimately, he's asking about easy entry. So, Rob, let me see if I can help you. Hey, Ryan. This is Rob from, from Washington. And I was just wondering if anybody knew uh, when the power steering column uh, comes into the package or whether it's included in the partial premium package. I think that's really important for people considering that because that gives you access to your uh, easy out or easy access uh, feature um, or it, it at least helps that. Anyway, love your show. Uh, keep it up and uh, have a great day. Rob, I am very happy to help here. You are correct. It's in the partial premium interior package and premium. In other words, it's not in the standard interior. Hope that helps you out. Tim from Little Rock calls in next about the Model Y. Let's hear from Tim. Go ahead. And this is Tim from Little Rock. It's good to talk to you again. My big question for you and what I'm most excited about from all the crazy amount of news that's come out in the last couple days is about the Model Y. When we got our Model X, we kind of got a unicorn in the fact that we got so much money off the top because it was a car that had been sitting in one of the showrooms for a number of months. And so the payment that we got on our lease was you just couldn't turn it down. But our concern is when our lease is up, which would be October of 2020, um, if we want to stay in a Model X, we know that our payments are going to skyrocket. So we're really interested in the Model Y as a potential backup plan in the event that the Model X really just becomes unaffordable at that time. But my big question is, and I don't think this has ever been discussed, so I'm wondering if you've got any intel on it, is whether or not you think the Model Y will be a three-row smaller SUV, or are we pretty confident that it's going to be two rows because it's based on the same uh, design, basically, as the Model 3? Um, If it's only two rows, that may be a deal killer because the three rows was really what sold my wife on the X to begin with. So I'm wondering if you have any any uh, insight information on that one. And my follow-up question to that is, being an existing Model X owner, do you think it's smart after the unveiling, assuming they start taking reservations for the Model Y, should I put in a reservation knowing that it's going to be 2020 when they start coming out and that's when my lease is up? Or do you think that because I'm an existing owner, that's kind of unnecessary, and whenever they do go into production, I can just uh, basically jump the line? So I'm wondering if you can kind of give me some insight there as well. Thanks for everything, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, Ryan. Tim, it's great to hear from you. Let me address the second question first, because I am more confident in my opinion on that. Because to be clear, I don't have any concrete answers yet. 
We will in a week, and that's the good news. But for now, I think that if you have the slightest inkling that you might want a Model Y as soon as you can get one, get that reservation in. I know that $1,000, assuming the amount stays the same, and there's actually, you could make a case for it to be higher than $1,000, which is what it was on the uh, the Model 3, because, you know, Tesla might not want to have half a million plus people uh, with with money down, putting extra pressure on them to get production spun up as quickly as possible. Now, yeah, they're going into it with their eyes wide open this time compared to with the Model 3 when they were all caught completely off guard with how high the demand was. But nevertheless, yeah, they might they might say, hey, all right, it's a $2,000 reservation. We only want the most serious of buyers. And that would also serve a double purpose of giving them some extra revenue in the short term. But anyway, um, anyway, so I was saying is whatever the reservation amount is, it's assuming it's going to be at least $1,000, yeah, that's a lot of money, but if you can afford to use that as an interest-free, for Tesla, fully refundable deposit, I would do it. I really don't think uh, there's going to be any owner priority on the Y. Again, I may be proven very, very wrong about that in a week's time or less, but just given that the production ramp is likely to go a whole heck of a lot faster uh, this time around, given how many parts and manufacturing processes are shared with the Model 3, I think it's just going to be first come, first served on the reservations with, with the caveat that they're likely to only offer either one trim first and or the highest trims first. Like, you know, th- they may very well just do the long range non-performance Model Y first, which is how the, how the Model 3 was. Or Tesla could even dial it back to the Model S and Model X days and do the fully loaded every option performance versions first, effectively signature models without the signature badging. Now, as to your second bigger question about whether it's two rows or three, I honestly couldn't guess either way. I mean, being 10% larger than the Model 3 doesn't seem like there's enough room to get a third row in there. Uh, you know, same battery pack. I, it might just be a higher riding, slightly taller hatchback version of the Model 3. Now, maybe they'll split the difference and there'll be a rear-facing child jump seats, two of those, like the Model S had for its whole life up until fairly recently, that was an option. So the good news is, Tim, you will have your answer soon, but I would definitely get your reservation in as early as you possibly can. Maria from Nashville, a first-time caller, want to welcome her, uh, has a uh, unfortunate situation that she's now trying to make the best of. Let me see if I can help Maria. Go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Um, This is Maria from Nashville. Uh, This is my first time calling. Um, I had a 2014 Tesla Model S 85, but a kid hit us a couple weeks ago, and it's now totaled. No injury, so thank you, Tesla Engineering. So now I'm shopping for another Tesla, and um, I have a friend that works at a Tesla dealership, and they do indeed have pre-owned 
Model 3s there, but they are not going to certify them and sell them until after the tax credit expires in June. And I just wanted to know if anybody out there knew why. It just doesn't seem to go along with what Elon's goals are or his intentions. And I just wanted to know uh, and hear your thoughts. Thank you for your great podcast and give Daisy a big hug for me. Bye. All right, Daisy, you heard Maria. She wants a big hug. This one's, this one's for Maria. There you go, pups. Oh, you're such a good girl. All right, there we go. That was message delivered, Maria. Okay, so um, I heard from a store employee on this because the reason I didn't get to your call last week, I was investigating this, trying to see if I could learn anything. I did hear from a store employee, and it sounds like that may indeed be the case. You know, maybe they're waiting for leasing to come online or for the standard battery models to be out there, you know, and and delivered. I'm not sure, but I was at least able to corroborate what you were told. So it's seemingly not fiction, but I tell you, it could also be a while. Um, I wouldn't wait it out too long if you need to move forward on a car. The best news in all of this, though, just want to (laughs) make sure it doesn't go unsaid, is that there were no injuries in that accident. Thank goodness for that. Thanks for the call, Maria. Josh from Phoenix comments on alternative fuel taxes. Josh, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Josh from Phoenix, Arizona again. I want to bring up a quick topic for discussion I thought you and your uh, listeners might find interesting. I've been doing some research lately on alternative fuel taxes and how various governments and states are using that in order to help pay for infrastructure because we're moving away from so many fossil fuels and there's a lot of revenue generated from the taxes. Uh, For example, uh, California charges around $100 uh, extra on registration for most EV vehicles. But on the other hand, gives these huge incentives to buy these vehicles that are much larger than that, which seems odd. But the whole point here is that the gas tax revenue that they usually get in, they're not getting in anymore, and they need that money in order to uh, provide for infrastructure. Uh, Electric companies in Arizona do the same thing for solar customers because they're not getting as much revenue. Uh, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on what direction might be the best way to take for this. I mean, obviously, EV car customers already get charged tax when they put electricity in their vehicle, right? Because we pay power companies tax on our electricity as well. Uh, So it seems like there's a lot of double taxation going on here, and this is not the best method to handle the situation of trying to pay for infrastructure. As always, uh, I love the podcast. and look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you so much. Wow, Josh, this is an excellent question. Uh, This is is a big topic that I I have to confess, it might be too big for me. I I don't know what the most fair solution is for everyone. I, I admit I haven't invested a lot of thought or mental energy in this based on the roads I drive on in San Francisco I would say that any money that is being generated for infrastructure is clearly being spent on something else (laughs) but I say that half jokingly but hey that's a that's a topic for a different conversation anyway uh bridge tolls here in the Bay Area already go towards infrastructure repair and maintenance so I, I but you know you're not in the Bay Area and most people aren't that are listening to this 
I'm not sure. You know, I, I would open this one up to the audience, to all of you guys out there. This, this feels like an excellent forum thread, or I'll tell you, this is a topic that would be really good to dive into if I could ever have live callers on, not just recordings, who could, who could really have a good, lively discussion with each other on this, people with different viewpoints. But I will say, in, the, in light of the, what I've got here, consider the phone lines open if you do have a good thought on this that you want to send along you know, in a, in a minute, minute and a half long call. But thanks so much, Josh. That is an excellent uh, thought starter right there. Michael from Wyoming has a comment now about his uh, uh, an act of his state legislator, Lacher, pardon, pardon me, uh, it's getting late, I'm falling apart, that uh, he is none too happy about. Michael, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Michael from Wyoming again. I did call in and share an interesting story about a recent change to my experience with my Model 3 in Wyoming. Looks like our legislature just passed new law that ups the EV tax fee from $50 a year to $200 a year. And even a hybrid now has a $100 per year fee. This is supposed to cover the cost uh, of loss to the fuel taxes that help pay for roads and infrastructure, which I think is fine. However, $200 is a remarkable charge. Um, And I did a little quick math on our 24 cents a gallon tax in Wyoming. That would mean that the average vehicle getting 30 miles per gallon would pay about $96 per year in tax. In order to hit about $200 per per year, you'd have to drive 25,000 miles, which is clearly not the average. And so we're being gouged a bit here in Wyoming, and I'm just wondering if there's some legal assistance from Tesla or anyone listening that might want to take on the state for some anti-competitive practices. Um, But we'll see what happens there. Just thought I would share. Um, As always, appreciate the podcast. Love the positivity. Uh, Keep up the good work. Wow, Michael, thank you for calling in about this. I was not aware of it. You know, that does indeed seem to be rather unfair. In fact, if I may be so bold as to say, it's it's almost punitive by the sounds of it. Uh, I can't immediately think of a great way to flag this to Tesla, but I've got one way. Maybe this will help route it in the right direction. Give this a try. Log into your Tesla account on your computer, then go to Manage, And then when you get to the next screen after that, click Get Help. You'll be brought to an Ask a Question menu. Click Other from the dropdown, and then type in a subject and type in your message, and hopefully that will help get the ball rolling and route it to someone at Tesla who can uh, maybe start to get some awareness on it and maybe organize the community, maybe try to hopefully take action on it, whether that's a lobbying effort, a, a, a community... Uh, awareness thing, or or both, you know, we'll see. So best of luck there, Michael. Ron from Nashville is next. He reacts to Anthony's question. Remember the caller last week who was debating on whether or not to pick up a new 75D Model S or a used P100D? Well, Ron has some uh, personal experience here, some wisdom to share. So Ron, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Ron from Nashville. Um, listening to your most recent episode, and I heard Anthony's question about the 75D or the used P100D. Um, I think, so, um, 
we uh, we've had um, two used and two new Teslas, um, 285s, so a Model 3, and a, and a 100D. Um, my comments on those two choices, um, the first is um, there are – I actually went on the used site yesterday just to see what prices were doing, what options were available, and there was a nice 90D with AP1 um, for – considerably less than the prices he's probably looking at paying um, on the Tesla website. So um, my first comment would be there, you know, don't make this a, a dichotomy, a strict dichotomy. Go, you know, look at the other options that a 90D would certainly be good uh, as, as an option. Uh, it sounds like with respect to what he's looking for. Um, the, the second thing I wanted to say was, you know, the P you're going to pay more money for the performance and gain, I don't know, maybe one second in zero to 60 time. Um, so I personally went with the 100D um, for the 20 more miles of range, and I rarely need to go that fast. So my personal opinion is you don't need the P. Um, <laughs> but if you get a good deal on one, get it. Um, but also look at, you know, the range, and if that range is going to – we like to travel long distances. So if you want to max out your range, you may want to skip the performance and just go with that extra range and, and, you know, suffer a little on the speed. But they're still fast. Either way, there's plenty of options out there. A lot more um, lease turns in are showing up. Um, even Model Xs. There's more Model Xs on the use site. So um, good luck, and I think Anthony, whatever he gets, he's probably going to be really happy like we all are so far. Well, most of us. Um, anyway, love the show. Uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Some good wisdom there, Ron, since, uh, as you noted, you've gone down both the new and used Tesla roads before. Anthony, I hope that counsels you a bit if you're out there. Two more calls for this week. A uh, call next from Jay in Chicago notes a, a particular little interesting bit about the Tesla's well, not transmission, but gear selection. Jay, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Jay from Chicago. So I just found out something that I thought maybe you could shed some light on. You know how in a normal ICE car, when you put your car in reverse from a parking spot, you have to generally come to a complete stop, then change the gears to drive. Otherwise, if you're still rolling in reverse and then you shift to drive, you could damage your transmission. I noticed that you can do that in a Tesla, but I don't know if there's any ramifications while you're rolling and then you change from drive to reverse and vice versa. It's a very smooth transition. There's no clunking of gears because there aren't any. So I was wondering if I could damage the motor by doing that. Maybe uh, you know or any of the other listeners do know. Uh, let me know. Thanks. Excellent question here, Jay. I, I do that a lot myself, changing into drive when I'm still moving just a little bit like one or two miles an hour in reverse. The good news is that you're not doing any damage. This is straight from the Model 3 owner's manual, page 46. Quote, you can only shift into reverse when Model 3 is stopped or moving less than five miles per hour. If moving less than one mile per hour, you must press the brake. So it's built into the car. It is not a thing to be worried about. Our last caller this week, the honor goes to Ryan from Denver, responding to a caller who thought that a 220 volt outlet is necessary when owning a Tesla. Here's uh, Ryan with some wisdom and experience of his own on that topic. 
Hello, Ryan. Uh, this is Ryan from Denver, and I'm calling in response to a call from a previous show that pretty much just said that a 220-volt outlet is absolutely necessary when owning a Tesla. And I'd like to offer my own experience as a counterpoint to that. Since I took delivery of my Model 3 last July, I've put nearly 10,000 miles on it, and I've done that by charging almost exclusively on a regular outlet. I've never lacked for range, and nor have I felt that char my charging solution has held back my use of the car in any way. The Model 3 gains 5 miles of range per hour when you charge off a regular outlet. This is more than fast enough to recover from a typical daily commute, and most days I start with a full 80% charge. And now there are some days when I drive more miles than I can replace overnight, and I don't start with a full 80% charge on those days. But that's never been a problem for me because I don't need 80% every day. I'm able to use my car normally and inch my way up to a full charge over time. When I talk to people about my Tesla, they always want to know how long it takes to charge. People who have never experienced owning an EV have a lot of hang-ups about charging. Telling people they're going to have to spend around $1,000 to install a high-powered outlet in their, in their garage presents a significant psychological barrier to entry, and in my experience, that's just not true. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Thanks for everything you do, Ryan. I love the show. Well, thank you for sharing your experience, fellow Ryan. <laughs> I hope, uh, seriously, I hope that reassures any listeners out there who may be considering an EV purchase that either can't or don't want to put in a higher capacity charger in their home. Thanks to all of you again for your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline contributions between V3 Supercharging and particularly the Model Y. I suspect my phone lines will be lighting up over the course of the next week. So again, I, en I encourage you, I invite you to call in with your Tesla thoughts, your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics. Keep those calls, please, to a minute and a half or less and uh, send them on in. I gave you the instructions at the beginning of this segment. I'm going to move on now after a quick break to the pro tip of the week and then uh, the plugs and I'll get on out of here. So stay tuned right after this. All right, well, I actually don't really have anything related to my adventures this week to share because it just keeps on raining here. I can't wash the car. I haven't had a good chance to do that. I haven't been able to wash it since the spoiler and badge went on the thing. So I want to get it all nice and clean and super pretty, but still no go. And then it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow, meaning Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday is supposed to get rain as well. So, boy, I know in the grand scheme of things, like we were in drought conditions for a while. Rain's good. It helps avert that. But, man, I, <laughs> I have had enough of the rain for one season. Anyway, I do want to uh, give you a pro tip of the week, though. This is an important one that uh, Rome, who is uh, one of our Patreon supporters, he had he had messaged me about this. He just he just uh, got his Model S. Congratulations to him! And learned this one the hard way of sorts. And I could swear that I've mentioned this before, but maybe not. And you know what? Even if I did, it's an important one anyway. So uh, here is Joe from New York with a very vital pro tip that you, I won't even say may need from time to time. You will need this at some point. So here is Joe with your tip of the week. Hey, Ryan, Joe from New York. Just a pro tip. 
most of us know that you can solve uh, some minor software issues by doing a reset uh, of the computer uh, by holding down both uh, scroll wheels. And you can do this while driving. It's uh, not going to affect the ability to drive the car, but it will affect your ability to use your turn signals. You can push down on the stock, but the turn signal indicators will not light up outside your car uh, while your computer is rebooting. So maybe think about it uh, before you do that while driving. Bye. So kind of a two-for-one from Joe there. One, remember that you can reset your display if you have some bugginess. Hold those two scroll wheels. Or for a hard reset you're, while you're stopped and while you're parked, uh, do that while also holding the brake pedal down. And then uh, Joe kindly noting that your turn signals get disabled if you do it while driving. And I have done it while driving for certain things that glitch out. Autopilot still works, but the turn signal doesn't. So good stuff to keep in mind. Thank you, Joe. And again, if you have a pro tip from that you've something interesting you've learned about your Tesla, maybe a, a little Easter egg or a little uh, hidden piece of functionality that might not be super obvious to everyone else, feel free to call in, send it in. And uh, I'll keep playing these as long as I keep getting good ones. All right, time to finally hit the road. It has been another action-packed episode of Ride the Lightning here uh, for, gosh, what, March 10th, 2019. Next week, big episode, the Model Y reveal. Hopefully I'll be able to be there. But even if I'm not, by some chance, I'll be covering it for you. I'll have all the highlights, all the analysis, everything you would hope and expect from me uh, coming out of that Big big event, man. This it's the first uh, it's the first Tesla product unveiling since the Roadster and the Semi back in November of 2017. So it's been not quite a year and a half, but uh, a year and some change since the last one. Anyway, a few plugs before I go. I want to mention Abstract Ocean. Uh, you know the 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 coupon code. There's sort of a secret little thing. The coupon code is for first-time customers, but if you just use the referral link that I never give out uh, until now, you can you don't ha- you can be a second, third, fourth, fifth-time customer and still get that fifteen percent discount. So if you if you shop from the address abstractocean.com/slash/question-mark-aff-equal-sign-rtl-podcast, I'll put this in the show notes too. But that will that will bake in the fifteen percent discount for you. So shh, don't tell anyone. Uh, and and again, Abstract Ocean's got a lot. They really do. They've got a lot of neat Tesla accessories over there. A lot of lighting kit stuff. You know the the puddle lights with the different you know Tesla logo, Model Three logo, SX logo, all that stuff. Uh, they've got the center console wrap kits. They've got the TESLA lettering for the trunk. If you want to change your your T logo to the, you know, Roadster style T-E-S-L-A letters, all kinds of stuff over there. Give it a browse, abstractocean.com. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections takes good care of my car in the detailing department. If you're taking delivery of your Tesla in the Bay Area or are going to be here or taking delivery here or just you're here with your car and you want some excellent work done, detailing work, Uh, Well, my friends at Immaculate Reflections can help you out. Jeff will take good care of you. Learn more at irdetailing.com. 
Also, the Jada wireless charging pad. No discount on that, I'm afraid. But, uh, like I said, I, I think the, the 2.0, the revised wireless charging pad for Model 3 is is excellent. It really checks every box. It's uh, it's been graded. It is it is P3D proof. I have I have established the phone doesn't go flying out of it uh, on a on a hard launch. So that's good. You can use it, your phone in landscape mode if you're using Waze or one of the other landscape based apps, and it'll still charge for you. So uh, yeah, no no discount. But if you're buying one, I would love it if you would use this URL because they'll throw me a couple bucks on a referral. That URL is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash 8. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at DMC underscore Ryan on both of those platforms. As I said earlier in the show, you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And then, of course, Patreon. That's the big one. If you really enjoy the show, you get a lot out of it, and you see fit in your heart, mind, and or wallet to support me on uh, any level you choose, whatever you want to do, I would sincerely appreciate it. You can find more information about that, including the the perks and rewards for subscribing at various, or, you know, backing me at various levels. Uh, You can find that on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I want to shout out the newest Patreon producer, Mr. My Tesla Adventure himself, Eli Burton, a wonderful, uh, wonderful person who I've had the pleasure of getting to know a little bit. Thank you so much, Eli, for your support of the podcast, along with the kind support of Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Blake Wiley, Tyler Van Gorder, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, and Rob Brewer. Thank you all so, so much for your support on Patreon. If you're not already subscribing to this podcast, which I remind you is a free thing, it's just that means... It'll download to you. That's what subscribing is, rather than you having to go download it yourself. You can subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or YouTube as well. Daisy the Boxer Puppy is passing out. She looks pretty relaxed. I'm going to uh, follow suit. I'm ready for bed myself. Got to rest up. Hopefully going to be making my way down to L.A. for the Model Y unveiling event and a test ride, which would be awesome to do uh, to get to really be inside that thing and and compare it to the Model 3 just to see how it feels, how similar, how different it feels. Uh, My expectation is that it'll kind of feel a lot like riding in the X after riding in the S, where it's a it's a pretty similar feeling, just higher up. <laughs> so we'll see, though. We'll see what uh, the Model Y has in store for us this week. 
Again, I'll have the full coverage on the next episode, which will be episode 189. I thank you all so, so much for your time. Your time is uh, among your most valuable assets in your life, I think. And uh, you giving me, in this case, about an hour and a half of it this week means a lot. I thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring. Perhaps I will get to see some of you down in L.A., at the uh, Model Y event, if I have the good fortune to, to get down there. But otherwise, like I said, I'll be, I'll be ready for the show next week. It's going to be another good one, another huge week of Tesla news. This is fun. I love covering this company, man. They're, they are never short of fun stuff to, uh, to talk about. So have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's, – it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment, mm. make its maximum fun.